Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? Do you know that you are loved more than you will ever, ever know or imagine? You are loved whether you believe it or not, whether you know it or not, you are loved. You know, a little baby comes out of a mother's womb and uh, it desperately needs love, but it doesn't know what's going on, really. It can feel the mother, It can, but um, and it, it's known the mother for nine months. Um, but it has no idea, that little one, how much it is loved and how much the mother has sacrificed her own life to give birth. And God has sacrificed his life for us and loves us beyond anything any of us will ever imagine, not based on whether we're good or bad or um, sinful or not, based on the fact that he is God and it's not because we're lovable. It is because he is a God of love. And all anybody needs to do to get loved is to get in God's way. So, you know what I thought we would do today? We have been talking so much and reading um, Pope Leo XIII's encyclical on labor and capital. And I thought we are way behind in emails and answering questions. And I thought... Um, that I would, uh, we would do that today. We're going to answer as many as we can, including many, many questions that, uh, many of you have written in on Facebook. Uh, we'll see if we have the, um, the opportunity now to, to answer them. I'm going to just take your calls and your questions, text and emails through the whole program today. And if you wish to call in live, um, our fine low, our how's that? How do you say that? Phone lines are wide open, and the toll free number is one eight seven seven five one one. I almost forgot that five four eight three one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three. And I'm going to begin to take your calls. Um, okay, we have. Um, an email from Elaine who says, Dear Mother Miriam, I am a Catholic mother of six. I love hearing that. And I am able to occasionally listen to your show when we are in the car. I do enjoy your show, but sometimes I become concerned that the advice you give is not consistent with Catholic virtue. The particular issues I am most concerned about are the almost absolute prohibition against using natural family planning and also the insistence on homeschooling as the most preferable way to educate one's children. Let me just clear that up before I go further in your email, Elaine. 
Um, it is not absolute prohibition against using natural family planning. Uh, I said, I wish it wasn't planning. I wish the word were procreation, the NFP. But why against it? We're, all we're doing is respecting the, the natural rhythm God has given to the body. How would I be? I'm not against it. What I'm against is what the Catholic Church is against, and that is birth control. We need to be open to life. And to use natural family planning uh, to enter into that is for particular circumstances, not normally, not so a couple can save up and buy a house, not in all of that. Because, again, if you get married and you don't consummate your wedding, if you use any form of contraception at your wedding uh, night, your marriage is not consummated. So uh, even natural family planning, you need to um, consummate your wedding, and you need to be open to life. NFP is absolutely legitimate. It's the church's teaching. Why would I go against that? But it is not for birth control. It is, yes, for a form of control or spacing children or planning when there is uh, a hardship. It could be physical, it could be financial, it could be um, psychological, emotional, it could be many things, but not just to wait two, three years till you save up money for a home. Um, so that's what I'm saying. And as far as homeschooling, the insistence on homeschooling is the most preferable way to educate one's children. I do believe that. I do believe that. But I've also said many Women cannot do that. Uh, single women would have a very hard time because they have to work. Um, others uh, may not be able to do that either. All I've insisted on is not homeschooling, but that the children are your responsibility. God has given them to you, not the schools and the church, to raise for the kingdom. So what I've insisted on is wherever anyone sends their children, it is the parents who are responsible for what they learn. And they must sit down with them when they come home from school, whether it's a Catholic or a public school or a private or any other school, and go through what those children have learned that day and feed it through the grid of the faith. That is what I insist on. I'll go on with Elaine's email now. The other day I was listening as you read an email from a caller who was scandalized that her NFP teacher had mentioned that they use NFP to achieve a desired spacing of their children. You commented that if that was indeed the case, the NFP was using, the NFP teacher was using NFP as birth control and that it was sinful. That's correct. That is correct. Now, if there's a reason to space your children, again, psychological, emotional, physical, uh, financial even, if there's a reason to space your children, uh, then yes, by all means, use NFP, but not because you want only three children or you want your children to be born two years apart just because you like that. It, there needs to be a reason for that. And Elaine says, this comment is not consistent with the teaching of the church, which provides guidelines, serious or grave reasons. That's exactly what I'm saying, to help the couple discern together with God his will for their family. It's exactly what I'm saying, Elaine. NFP guidelines provide 
serious or grave reasons. That's all I'm saying for the use of NFP. Elaine says there are many serious reasons why a couple might want a certain spacing between their children. I agree. The mother may have had a C-section and risk uterine rupture with pregnancies too close together. Absolutely. The mother may not be able to handle many young children at a time and properly care for them. Indeed, that's true. There may be serious financial concerns. Absolutely, Elaine. Perhaps the mother needs to heal in other ways. Uh, lose, lose pregnancy weight, build up her nutrition, get a decent night's sleep so she is not fatigued. Um, doing the important work of mothering, etc. I agree with all of that. I'm just saying there has to be a reason, not selfishness on the part of a couple. That's all I'm saying. There needs to be a reason. And the reasons that you've just named, um, are they serious and very grave? It depends upon each circumstance, but they are reasons for NFP. I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, Elaine says, I know that most of your listeners are devout Catholics already striving to do God's will. This type of advice could cause decisions to be made out of fear or guilt and not because it is God's will for them to have another child right then. It also justified judging or condemning small families out of a false sense of self-righteousness. Well, that is sinfulness. If you judge others because they have only one child or two or three or whatever it is and you have ten, that's sinful. You, you don't have any right to judge someone else. You cannot know that. And they may be um, begging God for children and he has not given them another. You can never judge that for someone. Elaine says we have a God who values life and commands us to be fruitful and multiply but he also values the mothers and fathers who must do the hard, laborious work of caring for that new life. So, so far, Elaine, you and I agree 100%. Whatever you heard the day you listened, I don't know what it was. It wouldn't have been against what you're saying. It might have been in response to a particular circumstance of a couple that were not living a, a Catholic life. And Elaine says, I also wanted to make some comments about educational choices for raising one's children in the faith. I felt that your advice to take children out of public school and homeschool them is not necessarily good advice. Well, Elaine, uh, whether you homeschool them or not, um, you need to get this book, uh, Get Out Now. And again, it's two years old, and I'm going to show it to you again. There's many articles that have come up since then. This needs to be read. Why you should pull your children from public school before it's too late. It's already too late in many cases. Um, let me go on with Elaine's um, reading here. I am very, she says, pro-homeschooling. I have homeschooled most of my children for the last eight years. However, homeschooling is a calling, and not everyone is suited to it. I disagree with you. Homeschooling is not a calling. Parenting is a calling. And when you parent, parenting is your vocation. And when you parent, you homeschool, you teach your children, unless you are not able, and then you have to send them out to the world or to other people to raise them up. 
That is part of parenting. There were no schools throughout the whole Old Testament. It was normal for parents to teach their children. That's normal. It's not a special calling. It doesn't take a special talent. That is normal. It, it, it is the exception, or should be, if parents send their children away to others to school them. And in many cases, that's needful. And I simply say, where that is needful, you must do it. But you must sit down with your children because you alone, and not the schools you send them to, will be responsible for their growth in the faith. Um, You're saying not everyone is suited to it. That's not true. Whoever is suited to parenting is suited to homeschooling. There is plenty of help out there. Absolutely plenty of help. Many women have been scared out of their mind to even have children because they're afraid they won't keep their children alive. They're afraid they can't do it. There are many children who have children, parents rather, that that was a little uh, possible slip there, children who have children, that's true also. There are many parents who um, uh, they, they cannot, you know, they may have one or two children and their house is an absolute wreck. They never make their bed, all of that. They need help. They need help in parenting, in mothering, in being a wife. They need help with those skills in keeping a house. There's nothing sinful about that, but you need to get help to do that. And so Elaine says, in many ways, it may offer advantages to public schools, such as opportunities to learn about their faith, lack of peer pressure. Let me see that one again. In many ways, it may offer advantages to public school such as opportunities to learn about their faith, lack of peer pressure, etc., to public school? I, I wonder if you didn't mean homeschool in that sentence. However, whether these advantages will be present in a particular family situation is entirely relative to the individual family dynamic, the type of community where the family lives, their work situations. She says, my experience has taught me that in some seasons of life, the demands of homeschooling could lead to burnout and unnecessary stress. Again, uh, not everybody, for very legitimate reasons, can homeschool. But as far as unnecessary stress, people need to get help. They need to learn how to do things and how to get the proper help. As I mentioned uh, previously, there are homeschooling groups There are homeschooling parents who will take other people's children into their home and homeschool in a little community. Elaine says another thing to consider is that homeschooling is much bigger in evangelical circles than in Catholic ones. If you live in a rural area like I do, she says, most of the homeschooling community will be evangelical. I have been in the position before of having to choose whether to join a Protestant homeschool group or watch my children suffer for lack of friendship and social connection. I I don't believe that's a legitimate option, Elaine. I do not believe it's a legitimate option to send your children away out of their Catholic faith so that they don't suffer for lack of friendship and social connection. You know what? 
families used to grow up on farms. They didn't have, when the, when the family was a unit and together and everybody worked together and they homeschooled and they had work and they had schooling and they had play and the children learned to play together and the family played together and there were no social connections. They didn't necessarily have friends over and all of that. That's just a modern um, uh, situation, which is no excuse for um, sending your children to any Protestant school or homeschooling group. Elaine says, but if we narrow ourselves to only one option being right for all families, then we are acting as though our children's faith depends more on our own striving than upon trusting God to work good out of their own imperfect situations. Not so. Um, number one, uh, there's not only one option that is right. We've said that over and over again. Um, and that we're not acting as though our children's faith depends more on our own striving. It does, beloved, not apart from God, but there is no striving that will help children more than the stability, the love, the solid Catholic life of the home. Nothing will ever equal that. We need to trust God in working uh, good out of our own imperfect situations. Everyone who homeschools their children or sends their children out to some other form of schooling and then helps them at home, of course we're trusting God to work out. Every situation is imperfect. Elaine goes on to say, God can use the adversities of public school to strengthen some children. That is absolutely right. But those are very rare situations, very rare situations where those children will be strengthened in their Catholic faith. Very, very rare situations. And why would they, why would you want to strengthen their faith by letting them sit through same sex ed with images and sex toys? I'm telling you, all of this is, is happening. Uh, that they will keep in mind those images the rest of their entire life and are already corrupted by it. You may not believe it. It's an instant corruption for those little minds. Um, uh, God can certainly use Catholic schools and he can use imperfect, scandalous Catholic schools. He can, but uh, imperfect, yes. Scandalous, no. No, Jesus talks very strongly about um, about scandal. He said it's better for uh, someone to be thrown in the lake uh, with a um, heavy cross around their neck so they drown than to scandalize one of his little ones. No, that's very, very wrong, Elaine. Elaine says, I think no matter what we choose, our children will have a greater amount of adversity than we would choose for them. Yes, in this world, perhaps God can work it all to good. The hard work is trusting and discerning what is best. The hard work, Elaine, is being the sort of um, 100%, 100% of the time, strong, uncompromising, sacrificial Catholic parent that God has called parents to be. And yes, God will work it out to good. Yes. But we don't make those choices in the midst of this evil world, evil, then we not, cannot say God will work it together for good. 
In fact, uh, that statement is used so loosely today. It's Romans chapter chapter 8, verse 28, and it says this, God works all things together for good to those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. That's it. If you are called according to God's purpose, your purpose is to raise your child and not give them over to an evil world. When I went to school, Elaine, maybe you too, we went to public school and we could handle the differences. But today it is solid evil. Elaine uh, concludes by saying, as Catholics, we are called to be grown up children of God. He does give us some hard and fast rules, which we should certainly obey. However, so much of the time he is asking us to pray and think through competing goods where neither choice is necessarily sinful, but one may be more in line with God's will than another. I agree with you 100%. But there's no equal choice. There's no competing good between homeschooling and sending your children to public school in today's world. There is no equal choice there. There is no equal good. Absolutely not. Again, um, even if you send them to a private school or a Catholic school, or find something where you're not sending your children into absolute evil because God will hold you accountable for it. He will. Um, You say where neither choice is necessarily sinful. Sending them to a public school is sinful if you don't know what's going on. If they have sex ed and you send them there, you are destroying God's child. That baby is not yours. God has given you that child as a stewardship for him to raise for heaven, not to send into evil. Elaine says, um, it is only through relationship with a God who loves us beyond measure that we are able to hear his voice absolutely and discern our own unique response to our life situations. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more on that, Elaine, and she signs it in Christ, Elaine. Elaine, um, I I think you are speaking uh, like the frog in warm water. The frog who loves warm water, you you put him in and he's healthy and he's happy because he loves it. it. It's it's very warm, it's very comfortable. And then someone you put a pot of warm water on the stove and you turn up the little light under the pot to simmer. Uh, and I'm not saying you're turning it up. I'm saying the evil of society is. And the, the water heats up so imperceptively that the body of that little frog adjusts to the rising temperature, completely unaware of it until he boils to death. I think that's what you sound like. You're just not aware of the degree of evil and the effect it has and the choices that as Catholics we must make today. We cannot live as if we're not in an evil world. We can no longer live as if it's the world you went to school in, Elaine. No longer. We have a call on the line from Nellie in Canada. Hello, Nellie. Hello. Good morning, Mother. Hi, sweetheart. How are you? Okay, good. I'm fine, Nellie. Go ahead with your question, dear. Um, you and I studied this. It's about the schools. I was telling you about two of my nephews, my only two nephews. I, I remember. They were, 
both raised uh, in Catholic private school, but it only goes up to a certain grade. One went to a public Catholic school and the other one was homeschooled henceforth, you know. And this year, the one who was homeschooled, uh, the other one is old enough now he's in university somewhere in the state. Uh, and the one who is homeschooled is now being put into a Catholic high school, right? Yes. And yes, he, you uh, called in with this last time, right? Yeah. And he was, yesterday was his first day. And he came home and his mother asked him what it was about. And basically she's going to pull him out again. And okay, good. She touched yeah. Okay, very good. Now hold on, Nelly, sweetheart. Can you hold on till after the break? Of course. Okay, hold on because uh, there's our break music, and anyone else who wishes to call in during the break, go ahead, beloved. It's uh, toll free 1 511 We'll be right back. Have you moved recently, switched banks, received a new credit card number? If there have been changes made to your payment information, please call us so we can update your account. 1-877-888-6279, extension 104. Or update your information online at thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for your generous support of Catholic Radio. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the Internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. This is Father Jacek Mazur. Please join me in excerpts from a prayer by St. John Chrysostom. O Lord, deprive me not of your heavenly blessings. O Lord, deliver me from eternal torment. O Lord, shield me from evil persons and devils and passions and all other lawless matters. O Lord, who knows your creation and that which you have willed for it, may your will also be fulfilled in me, a sinner. For you are blessed forevermore. Amen. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm thrilled to be with you. And we have Nellie on the line. Are you still there, Nellie? Yes, I am, Mother. <laughs> okay, so the, the situation is uh, the boy that was, go- was um, homeschooled is now in college. The boy that was uh, the other boy um, is was put in a Catholic high school, went one day and came home, and his mother took him no. out. What? Go no, ahead. no, no, sorry, there were two of them. One is already in university, but this one yeah. is still in grade eight and nine. He's the one who went to the public school recently. Okay. The public Catholic school, but uh, his mother's going to put it's, him You out mean, pub- you said public Catholic school. You mean Catholic school or public? Catholic school. Okay. So go ahead. Sorry, I, uh, yeah. So uh, basically, this is always the debate uh, relatives have had with her that uh, some of the things which are sentimented by other people saying, um, well, for social No, hold on, Nellie. Hold on, sweetheart. Don't talk about other people right now. I I'm, I'm want to get clarity. So her, her son went to uh, a Catholic school or a public school one day and came a home. Catholic which school. A Catholic so he, school. All right. He went to a Catholic school. What grade? Nine? Uh, about I'm not quite sure that's fine he so he went to that nine. after one day and he came home and, and his mother's going to take him out yes and we, why and we uh, school him again uh, well because the things again uh, this was what I was trying to allude to last time but time wasn't permitted uh, even though it's a Catholic school like you made the analogy like the you know don't you know Nelly Nelly sweetheart you have to tell me directly the issue but this uh, is exactly what it is because there are some things that is being taught or going to be taught why to did when the when the boy came home from school be very direct try to stay to the question when the boy came home from school Nelly what did he tell his mother was the reason she well, pulled him out because of these sex ed things that they go. Okay, so he went to school one day yeah. and experienced yeah. sex ed. Yeah, well, this, well it, it's part of the curriculum that they did not tell her. Well, that, all right. That, see, now let me interrupt you, Nellie. That is the mom's fault. That is the mom's fault. You see what I'm saying? It's the yeah. mother's fault. They, a mom, a parent cannot rely on what the school tells her. She needs exactly. to find out what the children are being taught. And unfortunately, she should never have sent her son to that school. She has harmed him. She has, should never have sent him there, even for one day. So um, that's, that just proves what but we're saying. Be- he didn't go to the class. He refused to join the class. Well, good for him. But his yeah. mother was not diligent. She she exactly. failed him in not doing her proper homework. So that's and that's was, there you go in sex ed in a Catholic school. Just what we're speaking yeah. about, Nellie. Very sad. It's very okay. sad. And this is what I was trying to say last time that. Uh, where I had, uh, I was constantly, like, she was being bullied into this in the sense that, oh, he's not going to have social skills. Uh, he's a very, actually, I'm praying that he goes into the priesthood because I am a very strong influencer on him. And I yeah, All right, Nellie. All right. The thing is, there's another question of people that are afraid they won't have so- social skills. You send your children to public school or a Catholic school that's Catholic in name only, because if they were truly Catholic, they wouldn't have sex ed. Um, and you are, uh, you will socialize your children to be corrupt. 
so exactly. okay, Nelly, we've got Thank to get you. to some That's emails right. here, sweetheart. Thank you, Thanks for your call. We have an email from Alan. Alan says, my fiancé's family is Buddhist. I eat with them and make the sign of the cross and pray with my fiancé. The bless us, O Lord, for these are gifts. Prayer allowed before we eat. She is getting baptized soon. Am I okay if I eat with her parents? I use it as an opportunity to invite them to Mass, but they haven't gone yet. Yes, it's her family. Absolutely, you may eat with them. Not a question there. Her father the other day asked me about my immaculate heart bracelet that I wear every day. He asked me if he can wear it. I wasn't sure if the Blessed Virgin was making moves with him, so told him he can have it. Um, And then he says, me and my fiancé often pray the Rosary of Sorrows together for and ask for their conversion. Any thoughts? I do have a thought here, Alan. Um, I wouldn't have given him that rosary, that bracelet of the Immaculate Heart. I would ask him why he wants to wear it. I would ask him why. And I I wouldn't give it to him unless he had a reason. Because... Uh, if he's Buddhist, he's not going to honor the Blessed Mother. And if he says, well, I love Mary, I want to honor her, and you could say, how can you love a a mother when you uh, don't accept her son? That would be a stab to her heart. You can't love her and dismiss her son. And so I I would stress to him it's just not a piece of jewelry. It really is a a sign that you really love the Blessed Mother. So, you know, I, I would just say to him, it, it may be something that you're not ready to wear yet. I don't want to offend him, but I want him to know it's not merely a piece of jewelry. Okay. Um, that's it. That's the only thoughts I have. But as much as you could be with that family... Uh, is is good. So many people write wear rosaries around their neck. They wear crucifixes. They wear tattoos, and they they have no deep faith at all. They have no true faith. It's just good luck charms or other things like that. And, and you want to be sure that people know it's it's a serious matter. We have an email from Dawn who says, "I don't know who I am. I am searching for my identity and healing of mind." healing of mind, spirit, and sense of self. If God is talking, I'm not able to hear or sense anything. I feel void, empty, lost in my own being. I don't have anyone I can talk to uh, who could understand what I'm feeling because I cannot put it into words myself. My children have grown up and do not need my guidance at the moment. My husband would like for me to walk away from my Catholic faith and join his new church. I cannot do this, as there is still a part of me that knows the Eucharist is Christ on earth, and I cannot turn my back, although I am currently a lukewarm Catholic. Help me. I believe. Help my unbelief. Show me where to find comfort and guidance. Thank you in advance. Dawn, sweetheart, I'm so glad you sent this email. There's the music for our second break. So hold on, and we'll we'll answer your email right after the break. And um, um, if if anyone wishes to call in during this time, the toll-free number is one 511 
888-528-5483. We'll be right. I'm not giving out the email and text because, which you certainly can do all the time. You can text at the toll-free number. You can email at mother at the station of the cross.com. But we have, we have quite a number of emails to get, um, caught up on. But if you call in, I will definitely take your call. Okay. God bless you. We'll be right back with Dawn's email after the break. Don't go away. Are you having a hard time keeping up with all that's going on these days in the Vatican? Did you know that LifeSite puts out a monthly print news magazine in beautiful, full color? Our magazine, Faithful Insight, gives you all the most important coverage from Rome and lets you read it away from the computer, phone, or tablet. It summarizes dozens of new happenings down to the essentials, but provides full analysis on all the most important developments. Faithful Insight brings you the coverage of the Vatican that you know and expect from LifeSite in a different form. It has received high praise from cardinals, bishops, priests, and faithful who want to stay abreast of the most crucial battle in our time, the battle for the soul of the Church. Subscribe today at FaithfulInsight.com and may God bless you. Users of iCatholic Radio are raving about our app in the iTunes and Google Play stores. One user says, It's exactly what I was looking for since having a closer walk with my Lord and my God. Great app for the living Catholic. Praise God. Nancy says, This is the best app. I have become a regular listener to it. I use it every day. I also play it all night long while we sleep. Get this app and use it. It will change your life for the better. Another user recommends iCatholic Radio, saying, So sweet a sound. This has allowed me to listen to Catholic Radio when I travel. What an awesome learning tool. Thank you. If you haven't reviewed iCatholic Radio yet, what are you waiting for? Visit your iTunes or Google Play store today. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. Uh, we were... Uh, um, uh, taking an email from Dawn just before the break. This is the last segment of the program. We have about 15 minutes left. I welcome your calls toll-free at one 511 I'm going to reread Dawn's email, and I'm going to ask all of you to pray for Dawn. Dawn says, I do not know who I am. I'm searching for my identity and healing of mind, spirit, and sense of self. 
if God is talking, I am not able to hear or sense anything. I feel void, empty, lost in my own being. I don't have anyone I can talk to who could understand what I'm feeling because I can't put it into words myself. My children have grown up and do not need my guidance at the moment. My husband would like for me to walk away from my Catholic faith and join his new church. I cannot do this as there is still a part of me that knows the Eucharist is Christ on earth and I cannot turn my back, although I am currently a lukewarm Catholic. Help me. I believe. Help my unbelief. Show me where to find comfort and guidance. Thank you in advance. Beloved Dawn, who you are is God's child, made in the image of God. You belong to him. You are made for love of God, and you are made by love, God's love for you. And I think what's going on, I don't know this for sure, Dawn, you are very desperately alone right now. Your husband does not share your faith. Your children are on their own and don't need their mother now. Um, and your faith is... is. Um, is a shallow faith. It's not very deep, as you say, I believe, help my unbelief. We can all say that in some measure. But God also puts us through certain spiritual seasons of the dark night. I don't say you're in a dark night right now, but I will tell you that the first stage of the dark night is the, is the loss of the senses, that you don't sense God. I'm not saying you're in it, but that is... Uh, in, in in part, God may be doing that with you. I remember Father Groeschel when he was alive. He said, if we tend to live on our emotions, which I'm gathering from your email, you do your emotions and how you feel, Dawn, it has, is kind of a barometer of your spiritual life and how things are with God and your own identity. And Father Groeschel would say, if we tend to live on our emotions and feelings, God will take those from us in order that our faith may grow deep. Um, and on the other hand, if we tend to live on our intellect and, and give no room to our emotions, God will give us tremendous emotional experiences and it'll be painful because we'll feel vulnerable and we don't wish to. So I think it's a time now, Dawn, that God does not want you to be secure and know who you are and determine your love for him based on your relationships with your husband or your children or anyone else. But it's time now for him to give you the greatest grace, and that is to grow deep in a relationship with him. There's nothing more important for that in your entire life. That will be, uh, that will change your marriage and give it more meaning and, and beauty and purpose, change your relationships with your children. But Primarily, it will enable you to walk with God. How do you do that? Um, there's a number of ways to do that, dear one, but not alone. Not alone. So my first suggestion, Dawn, is that you find a good and holy priest and ask, tell him your situation and ask him if he would be your spiritual director. Now, normally you speak, meet with a spiritual director once a month. He may start off meeting with you more often, maybe not, I don't know. But that would be, at the moment, the best thing, um, I think, to have a very 
holy priest um, uh, who can begin to assess where you're at in your faith, in your understanding, in your walk with God, and begin to give you a, a wonderful book to read and walk you through it and give you some spiritual exercises. I think if he's behind you and holds you accountable in a way that's helpful to you, I think you'll begin to have hope and purpose. I think that is um, going to be very helpful to you, Dawn. Don't stop until you have a good spiritual director and pray to the Blessed Mother for a holy priest who... Um, uh, don't worry so much about his understanding you as his being a holy priest who could lead you to God. In six months, if you feel that's not working at all, you can certainly look for another priest. But um, uh, don't be afraid to go away from the comfort and the emotional so that you could be led into a, a deep relationship with God, which often comes about through suffering. Okay, Dawn, um, I hope that's of help to you in some way. If not, uh, send us an email directly, and perhaps we can speak directly. We have an email from somebody who writes it anonymously and says, What are your thoughts on contemporary Christian music? I am not sure how I feel about listening to this music, although much of it is pleasant to music, is it appropriate for small children and how much of it? I would say absolutely not. I would say no. Number one, uh, contemporary Christian music. I, now, if you're Catholic, uh, uh, you need to make sure it's Catholic contemporary Christian music. Um, it's not bad. It's not sinful. But I do not think it's helpful. I think they're listening to solid theological, beautiful Catholic hymns, and some very magnificent classical music is what is going to be most, most helpful to them, to small children, and especially children while they're still in the mother's womb. That's what, that's what I believe. Um, and the fact that you're doubt, uh, doubting it is, is probably good enough. You say mo- must have, much of it is pleasant, um, is it appropriate for small children? I would not. I would not, um, personally. There are very beautiful songs for, for, for small children. There is a website. Um, oh, my goodness. It's Matthew Arnold. And I'm so sorry. I cannot remember the name of the website. But there's a beautiful album of songs for small children, tons of songs on there. And there's a, a book that goes with it that has the words and I think some coloring in it uh, for children to color. It, the wonderful things for children, wonderful. So um, no contemporary Christian music, I would say. Okay, we have an email uh, that we got on Facebook that Rodney sent. Rodney says, Hi, Mother Miriam. Just started listening to your show and the topic of taking kids out of public schools. I am a teacher in a public school in Canada, and it has become 1984 up here. In a recent episode of the Arena on AFR entitled The Apostles as Modeled Model Christians, Father Josiah Trenum said... Something that resonated with me greatly. He said, quote, We cannot turn our children, even for an hour, 
over to pedagogues who hate the apostles. If teachers and schools do not respect the apostles, they should never see a day of our children. Well, God bless Father Trenum. Josiah, J-O-S-I-A-H, Trenum, T-R-E-N-H-A-M. God bless that holy priest. If they reject the apostles, they reject the foundation of the church and their successors and all the teaching of the magisterium. And he says, if they do not respect the apostles, they should never see a day of our children. Oh, God bless you. And he says, I can assure you that this is not the case in my classroom. One of the subjects I teach in high school is philosophy. In this course, there is a component on social justice as it relates to ethics and morality. It never ceases to amaze me how brainwashed the young people have become by the moral relativists of this world by the time they reach my class. Dangerous times for sure to not be a moral relativist in a public school, but I refuse to be a propagandist for the government. In Russian class, I do several lectures on history and culture. When I relate the history of Russia um, becoming of Rus, it says R-U-S, becoming an Orthodox Christian nation of Russia, I should say, becoming an Orthodox Christian nation in 988, the, uh, the year 988, the majority of the students have no idea what Christianity is, let alone Orthodoxy. A discussion on the icons is usually met with, who is that in the picture? They are completely lost as to as to who Mary, Jesus, or any of the saints are. When I do an informal survey of the class as to what religion they are, they are 90% have no idea. Secularism has taken hold of not only them, but the majority of the parents also, it would seem. Lastly, I must relate a sad but kind of funny story from my recent trip to Russia with my students at the dinner table one day. I had invited whomever wanted to come with me to the 6 p.m. liturgy at the Priobrazhensky, I'm sure I'm messing that name up, church, by our hotel. This turned into a wider discussion as one of the young men on the trip was asked by another what religion he was. He said he did not know. I asked him gently if he knew he was ever baptized. He asked me what was that. I told him what it was, and he proceeded to make contact with his parents via text message for the first time since we left home to ask them one question. Mom and Dad, was I baptized? They responded right away with, no, why? He responded, oh, because I think I am about to be. I could not help but smile, but inside my heart ached. I tell you what, uh, that is a heartbreaking email, Rodney, and God bless you for penetrating the darkness of that public school and those children's lives with the truth. God bless you. Does that mean parents should send their children to that school? Absolutely not. But children who go to that school will have a window of light. And I'm reminded of the program in the Kansas State University where uh, under John Sr. and a few others who taught with him, 
I think they graduated 300 Catholics who were atheists, who were agnostics. They never used the word God. They never taught religion. But it was their moral character. It was their discussion of beauty and truth without ever mentioning God. Um, uh, uh, in architecture, in nature, and the students would come to them and say, where are you getting all this stuff? And privately, they could speak about their own faith, but they would never teach it in school. And one of those students is now Bishop James Conley of Lincoln, Nebraska. Another is the abbot of Clear Creek Monastery. Another is the Archbishop of Oklahoma City, Archbishop Coakley. And they're all over the place. And these were men who went into a secular university and not never taught about God, but that was the framework of all they did and all they didn't do and of all they said and didn't say. And again, they graduated something like 300 converts and so much so that the school closed down the program. Just insane. So, yes, uh, I thank God for the Rodneys of this world. And if you're a teacher and you're a good Catholic and you're a teacher in a public school, I applaud you for that. I absolutely applaud you. But don't send your children there to be corrupted. Uh, You can teach them to understand their faith in more ways than combating it by such evil. Okay. We have uh, very little time here for me to take another question. Um, I don't think... Uh, we have an, uh, another question here from Facebook from Judy, who says, Mother Miriam, I love your show. It will be good to see you each day. Question, with today's political climate, what can one do to bring the truth to people? Most of our children are very upset that we support the current president, lashing out, stating, how can you support this man? You have an answer. You need to have an answer for that. He's the most pro-life president we've ever had. No matter what one sees, they say they cannot believe we support him. We did not support Obama and his policies, which hurt this country, yet we never were angry that they did and never would let it divide our family because of it. Don't worry about that. The reason they're angry with you is that is because Trump has done more good for this country than any president probably in its history, and the enemy, Satan, is against him. And your children and others who fight you are ignorant of this. Don't be defensive. They need to be taught and have good, solid, reasonable, sensible answers. We'll speak with you tomorrow, beloved.